Welcome to episode number 11 of Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. I'm Randy Ray, and I'm joined today, sitting right beside me, is the president of West Texas A&M, Dr. Walter Windler. Good morning. Good morning, Randy. It's good to be here. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to visit. Yeah, I always enjoy our talks. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they said, so I guess the university's closed over the summer. <laughs> and I said, far from it, right? Yeah, far from it. You, you know, know, we have a lot of things going on. A so. lot of things going on. Some of I, I have to take the, I have a load of things going on right now, and part of it is my fault. Around March, I start saying to people, we'll deal with that after graduation. You know, <laughs> I don't have anything to do with yeah. graduation except attend and uh, shake everybody's hand, but I start putting stuff off. Well, what happens is the week after graduation, I look at this pile of stuff on my desk and I say, I've got a lot of work to do. And uh, it's been, we're, we're busy. We've got a lot of things going on. Yeah, I asked you this morning, I said, does it get any better in the summer? And you said, no, it gets worse. <laughs> that's, that's the honest truth. But, but thank God I love to work, and I'm, I'm thankful to be over here every day with the opportunity to work with the faculty and staff of the university and the nice programs we have, and, of course, our, uh, our students. Yeah, I think summertime is a good time for recruiting future students, don't you? I do, and um, I get a chance to visit at NSOs. I have to tell you a story. We're working on a, uh, a plan whereby if three family members uh, attend uh, WT at the same time, uh, they'll get a scholarship equivalent to one-third of the cost of all three so that it basically is you pay for two and get one free if they're mm. all in the same yeah. family. And we're working on the details of this right now. But last week at an NSO, and I find this, this is so so West Texas to me, a fellow comes into uh, my office to see me, see if he can visit, and uh, he's got his son with him, and he introduces himself. He happens to be from Tulia. He introduces himself and uh, says that his son makes the third of his uh I think seven kids that are now enrolled in WT. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. And then he said... Um, What's he do for a living? That's what I'd like to Well, he, he works at Tulia ISD. He's wow. a business manager down there or something. But anyway, I'm sure he has to work hard and, and uh, be careful with his uh, resources. But this is West Texas. That's what people do. What was interesting was he uh, he was at going through the financial deal, and somebody mentioned that uh, the president had a, a new plan where they were going to try to get a break for family members that had three people enrolled. And I said, uh, I said, well, that's true. I said we haven't rolled it out yet. I said, are you interested in being number one? He said, yeah, I am. <laughs> I said, okay, you're it. Uh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna we're figuring out exactly how to do it now because we have to find a way to do it consistently and fairly. But if there are three family members um, that attend WT simultaneously for the time they're uh, concurrently enrolled, they'll get a tuition discount or scholarship is what it's going to yeah. be. So that one, just because they have three family members and uh, he was very excited about it. He liked the idea very much of attending to families that have multiple, uh, ch usually it's children, but uh, Graduation this year, we had a mom and two daughters, and one of those daughters had walk, walked the stage twice. They all graduated together. One of them had walked the stage in her mother's womb the first time. The mom was mm. pregnant when she mm. graduated, and now she walked again the second time with a bachelor's degree, I think, maybe a oh. master's. I can't remember the details. I but, love those stories. Love well, those stories. you know, it is, it's... Um, 
it's West Texas. It's uh, we're trying to tend to the needs of families here. It's not just about turning out a certificate for somebody. We're trying to be a human organization that deals with real people that have real needs. And it's um, it's a wrestling match sometimes because we've got all these bureaucracy. You know, there's just a lot of stuff to deal with, but. We're going to fight through all that and find ways to deal with people where they are and try to help them get a good education, which we provide here. Yeah, well, we talked uh, about how things are really happening uh, on campus in the summer. One of the things that I enjoy is camps. Let's talk about camps for just a minute. We do. People think people tend to think that a college campus is just for college students, but it's really not, is it? It's really not. And I'll mention, uh, give you two examples. One, and John Mark Ballou just wrote a very nice piece on this called Peg the Pig. Or if that wasn't the piece, that was it was about <laughs> Peg the Pig. And poor Peg was born actually with a peg leg. One of her legs was uh, shorter somehow. So the students in the engineering camp in our College of Engineering, Mathematics, and Computer Science um, designed a wheelchair for Peg the Pig. That was their charge for the camp. And I don't know what the final results look like, but the concept was interesting. And they were led by a former student of ours, an engineering graduate, mechanical engineering, who is now at Southwest studying um, uh, the... Uh, uh, I can't even say what the name of it is. You know, devices. That prosthetics. Prosthetics. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. You just want to be the president of the university. I couldn't even <laughs> no, say pro- prosthetics. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and, uh, you know, that was an interesting example. That's one example of um, a case where the university is not for traditional age university yeah. students pursuing degrees. I'll tell you another one that really just uh, it just is heartwarming to me. We have a program. It's called Where the Learning Continues, uh, uh, WTLC. And it is for young people who have various kinds of learning disabilities to come to WT uh, and earn a certificate certificate uh, that says they attended WT and it's it requires a number of years and uh, at graduation after all the other graduates walk the stage they walk the stage we had four in uh, in uh, May and it uh, it grips my heart uh, to see these young people who are um, challenged in some ways we're all challenged you and i are challenged carol's challenged i'm probably the most challenged guy in the room but the point is they find a way to reach these young people and typically they're kids um and they they get them some experience but here's what's better um aramark our food caterers mm-hmm. promise to hire every one of those kids that wants a job and I just, that just, yeah, yeah. I think to myself, you know, Aramark puts out good meals and all that sort of stuff. But this is something that's even more important than that. And it's a way for that the university extends itself. So, yes, summer camps and other non-traditional educational activities, we are invested in doing that. And we're invested in the community of the Texas Panhandle, the extended Yeah, community. I think that's part of WT being the heart and soul. I would say so, yeah. yes, sir. That's exactly right. I, I like coming to work in the summer and seeing elementary school kids, high school kids, and, and it, it'll be maybe music students, and maybe it's some kind of sports. Maybe it's an engineering camp. One of the things we're working on is actually doing a radio camp maybe next semester, so we're excited about that. that. that I think that yeah. would be great. A lot yeah. of kids are interested in communications yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, what about NSO? NSO is something that we do here. It's new student orientation. 
How are you involved with that? Well, honestly, usually what I do is come and give a greeting uh, because I don't know all the details of getting students registered and they have tours and there's a lot of welcoming activities. But it's... um, I get a chance. I usually try to get to the event when I have to greet people early and just try to visit a little bit with uh, families. I uh, Last summer, I visited with a, uh, a family from down in the Big Bend area somewhere, and I said, gosh, you've come a long way to go to school. Well, he said, it's, this is a school that you know caters to smaller communities. He mm-hmm. said, and that's what we're used to. He said, as a matter of fact, um, he said, I had a real challenge when I was teaching my daughter to drive. He said, I had to drive for 30 miles to get to a red light so that she would understand how to make a right turn on red. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's the way it is. And uh, But he really liked the WT, and the daughter, I think, was very pleased. I wish I could remember all these people and find them and say, how's it working out for you? Yeah. Uh, but I get to see him once, and if somebody tells a story like that, that captures my interest. Uh, well, you I know, the people that don't have kids may not realize what a big crossroads sending your kid off to college is. It's yeah, huge. It is and, huge. And it's, man, it's so important to find the right place. Right. Uh, when I took my daughter around visiting different colleges, well, she knew within 10 minutes if it was the right place or not. I'll tell you another story that is interesting to me. The first year I was here, I met a family at an NSO. They were walking across the campus, and I was out and about uh, even more than I am now because I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't even know what the job was. I'd been on the campus for a few weeks. I could do whatever I wanted. And uh, I met a family. They were from Tampa, Florida. And they had set out a plan. They were going to visit seven schools. And their plan was to fly from Tampa Bay to Amarillo, rent a car, and drive back and go to all the seven schools. I met the mom and the dad, and the dad told me the plan, but he said the plan's off. He said, our son was here for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. a good 10 minutes, whatever it was, and the boy said, there's no need to go anywhere else. This is where I want to go to school. He said, we can drive back to uh, the Amarillo Airport when we're done here and fly back to Tampa yeah. Bay. I'm coming to WT. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of stories like that. Yes, there are. People yes, don't know are. about WT and the atmosphere that we have here until you visit. So, That's right. man, I would encourage people to come visit. Come I, visit. I agree with you, Randy. Couldn't agree more. And I'll tell you, when you get to these great schools, I mean, Oklahoma State, University of Oklahoma, Texas A&M, my alma mater, the University of Texas, another alma mater of mine, uh, and the many other great schools that are within 500 miles of uh, Canyon, there is still something special about WT. And uh, my goal is to never lose that by trying to be like some other place. We need to be like who we are and let that shine as a place of uh, compassion and concern and interest in people. Yeah, I agree. On that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. West Texas A&M University is a student body that learns by doing and is always seeking opportunity. Talented and accomplished faculty that teach both in and out of the classroom. Programs that provide timeless information 
and meet the challenges of today's world. Facilities rich in technology as well as WT history. It's our alumni and donors that make the big difference and set us apart from other universities. With your support, WT will continue to award scholarships to deserving students and strengthen our programs, which means a better campus, more in-depth education, and a lasting cultural and economic impact on our region. Now is the time to strengthen connections, support students, and open doors for tomorrow's leaders. Share your experience, share your heritage, share your pride. Welcome back to Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. Dr. Windler and I are joined by a special guest. She is the director of the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum here in Canyon, Texas, Miss Carol Lovelady. Carol? Good morning. Happy to be with you two. Well, thank you for being here. I read your bio, and it's very interesting. It said that you traveled to the museum for the first time on a train. I did. Tell us about that. Growing up in Amarillo, I was born in 55, so children who were going to school at Amar- in Amarillo at that time, especially if you went to kindergarten, and that was way back when, if you went to kindergarten, it was a private kindergarten. It was mm. not offered through the public schools, and it was kind of the ultimate field trip where you got to come yeah. to the canyon uh, with the panhandle. You got to come on the train to Canyon and then visit the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum and go to the basement and eat your sack lunch in the basement. (laughs) And I still, I see people, lots of people who say to me, oh, I came to the museum on the train. It was wonderful. Yeah. And I I was lucky enough to go to the uh, museum and get to go to the the basement the the basement is just an amazing place it really is i know it's kind of a step back in time yeah it really is it's a lot of what a lot of us remember it has the dioramas that are down there it has the the longhorn the stuffed longhorn and the coyotes and a lot of those things that are back in the days when they did taxidermy with arsenic in it and everybody worries Mm -hmm. about it now some of my earliest memories are driving through Canyon, Texas, and I can remember the white buffalo. I can remember the big cowboy, Tex Randall, and I remember going to the museum. For the Growing up, for the longest time, I had a Billy the Kid poster in my bedroom that I bought at the museum. At the museum, yeah. in the museum store. So it's a special place. It, it is. really is it a is. special place. It is, and it's place. such a wonderful building, and that's one of the things. You know, every day when I walk under that sign that says, dedicated to the pioneers, it makes my heart beat yeah. fast. And with all those brands up above it, and that is what people remember about the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum is that entrance. They love it. And that's the original entrance. The doors everything the room was restored the pioneer hall that was restored in about 2000 i believe that room is what was the original panhandle plains do you know what year that the museum opened museum opened in 1933 the historical society which is what gave birth to the museum the historical society was chartered in 1921 by a history professor at West Texas State Normal College named Hattie mm-hmm. Anderson. Yeah. I read a story the other day. It was really interesting. Um, t- Old Tascosa, which was where Boys Ranch is located now, which was one of the first communi- communities in the Panhandle, there was a famous saloon girl there by the name of Frenchie McCormick, and she actually visited the museum later in her life. I thought that was kind of neat to hear. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. we, and we've got things that relate. We are getting the bar from Old Tascosa. A family in this area has kept the bar that was at Old Tascosa. And there's a picture that many people are familiar with that shows a lot of dusty, dirty cowboys bellied up to the bar, and that bar is coming to the Panhandle Plains Historical wow, Museum. that's very exciting. You let me know, because I want to I will. It's that. a great story. Yeah. What is your favorite thing at the museum? Oh, my goodness. There's so many things. You know, I think so many people relate to Quanta Parker's headdress. That's yeah, a wonderful yeah. thing. And you know, it's a privilege to work someplace where... Every day I see something new and I learn something new. So tell us about that new exhibit that's coming in. I think it's really interesting. Oh, my goodness. It's here. It's already here. We are incredibly privileged to have Teddy Roosevelt's shotgun. It's the shotgun that it was his favorite shotgun. And it was made especially for him. And he took it on his famous 1909 African safari with him and he shot mostly birds with it that went to the Smithsonian Institution for their natural history. Wow. Uh, So are you guys always changing? Is there always new exhibits coming in? There are always exhibits. We turn over exhibits about once a year. But we also, and it's on a schedule, it's staggered where everything doesn't turn over all at once. But there's a tremendous comfort in coming to the museum, too, because when you come into the museum, you see a lot of things that you've always seen yeah. at the museum. One sort of, my... of like when they say, you know, they don't take the Mona Lisa and put it in storage for yeah. a while. I, one of my favorite things is to get to go through uh, the old town over there. I mean, I've I've done it a hundred times, and I still I get a kick out of it every time. It's it's wonderful. People yeah. love Pioneer yeah. Town. Um, so tell me what you do as a director. As a director, I have the privilege of working with the wonderful staff and planning. Everything that we do that is designed to bring people to the museum, to help them understand how this area was built, to help them understand how people learn to live on this land, and to help them learn about the people who built this area. I was having lunch with a fellow yesterday, and I told him today I was doing a podcast with Dr. Windler and you, and he said, did you know that Carol's dad used to be the mayor of Amarillo? He was. Yeah. That's when was that? Was that? He you... was on the city commission, and he was mayor of Amarillo in the 1970s, the early 70s. He was mayor during a time when Amarillo was really struggling. And yeah, and that's was, what they said to yes. me. They said Carol's dad really helped bring a big change to Amarillo. He did. He was very instrumental in bringing Iowa beef. And you know, here I am at WT, and Paul Engler has the College of Business and the mm-hmm. College of. Uh, our agriculture is named Paul and Virginia Engler Colleges. And when I was visiting with him one day, I said, happened to say something about my dad. And I said that he was Ray Vahue. And he said, I worked with Ray Vahue. I worked with Ray Vahue <laughs> to bring Iowa beef to Amarillo. Wow, that's a big deal. So you have administration in your blood, in your genes. Well, I have a love for the area in my genes. My yeah. grandmother came here in 1901. Her, grand, her father was a telegraph operator on the Pecos Valley line, and they were sent to Amarillo, and he passed away while they were here in Amarillo. So my grandchildren are the fifth generation of the same family living here in Amarillo, and 
enjoying Canyon and going to West Texas and good things happening. Well, if, if you are listening to this podcast and you have never been to the museum, you need to go. It is fantastic. It is. Is it the largest historical it's, museum in the state of Texas, it's the right? It's the oldest and the largest history museum in Texas. And one of the things that we hear all the time when I'm walking through the museum visiting with people is, oh my goodness, I had no idea this was here. Yeah. People are astounded by the quality. But, you know, going back where you and Dr. Wendler were talking about the generations of families, I want to tell you really quick about that Roosevelt shotgun and how that gun came to the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. There was a young man who went to WT in the 1990s. His name was Jason Rosellis. He was from Panhandle, Texas, and his family had all gone to West Texas, and he wanted to continue his study of history. He loved history. And his history professor, Dr. Pete Peterson, said to him, you know, I really think that you would make a fine attorney and that your (laughs) interest in history would fit with being an attorney. And so he went to law school in Oklahoma. He became an extremely successful plaintiff's attorney. He settled some landmark cases and he was able to become very wealthy, and he purchased Teddy Roosevelt's shotgun for close to a million dollars at auction with the sole intention of bringing it back to the Texas Panhandle and putting it at the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum because he wanted the people of this region to be able to see that shotgun and to love that shotgun. Great story. Carol, I always throw Dr. Windler and our guest what we call a curveball. So I'm going to ask you both a question. And this is a tough one. This is a tough one, I oh, think. Oh, you said that before. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we were talking about museums. If you guys, if, if the both of you were to give an item to a museum that really represents you, what would that item be? Well, mine would probably be a diet Dr. Pepper, but it wouldn't last very long. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Is that it? Diet Dr. Pepper. There you go. Oh, really? There if I go. was going to give something that represented the Panhandle Plains to this region, I have a pin that I inherited from my grandmother that was from the Texas Centennial. Yeah. And that's, that's a, what that's I a, would that's give. A, that's a good one. Dr. Windler, what you know? What, what would what would Dr. Windler's item be in the museum? Gosh, that really is hard. I um, I got you fine. You did. You did get me. I you know I have this um, this um, short but very to me very personal and deep relationship uh, to the Texas Panhandle. I've come to just um, love the Texas Panhandle in three short years. Um, I don't have the item, but I would get it, and it would be a series of photographs of people here at West Texas A&M, people like Carol, people like you, who have made their life's commitment to serving the Texas Panhandle through West Texas A&M University. And um, my picture would be among the lot, but it would be a very short duration of... um, contribution that I have but you all have a lifetime of com- contributions here and I that's that's what my gift would be well sometimes length doesn't matter yeah you know maybe 
Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. So you, you've done a lot of great things. When I when I was asking you a question, one of the things I thought about was maybe one of the pins because you've signed a lot of good stuff into into being since you've been here. So. Yeah, yeah. You could do that with a 19 cent. Well, it's going to show my age. <laughs> Carolyn, I remember when big pens were 19 <laughs> cents, but you can do that with a 19 cent big pen. The, it's the people that make West Texas so special. You know, we just put a new exhibit <clears throat> in the uh, in the president's conference room, um, and it's a pretty good-sized room, and we have pictures that we have uh, taken from uh, the old yearbooks of uh, W.T., the Mirage, and uh, we frame them, and we have little uh, explanatory cards. Well, the Carpenters, I'll say Amos the Carpenter was in there the other day helping hang these pictures to make sure they were all straight and everything, and they did a very fine job, by the way, but um, he told me at the end of this, he said, you know, I've read every one of those little cards underneath the photograph describing J.A. Hill and James Cornett and you know, the basketball program when they went to New York and just one thing after another. And he said, this place really is interesting. And he was like he had saw, seen it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's about the people that are in those rooms. I have an old picture of um, in there of um, uh, Dr. Hill, President Hill, and a number of others standing at the site where Kimbrough Field would be it was just a it was just a dip in the ground out there and i thought you know this is interesting especially now because we're getting ready on september 7th to have our first home football game uh, on the campus in 60 years and uh, i thought you know those those guys they were doing a great thing they've done a great thing kimbrough's a great place we're moving from there now because it seems the right thing to do and i really do believe it is the right thing to do um and it's going to be a there's just a lot going on here, uh, yeah. and I'm proud to be just a little part of it. Well, that's going to about wrap up our time for today. Next time, I would like to talk to you some in detail about that opening day of the state. That would be good. It, it is a big, a yeah, big, it's a big deal. deal. We've, uh, by the way, we've, we've eliminated all other events that day. It's only the football game. And that's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be, be a lot. lot. Be a lot. Well, listen, we appreciate all the nice comments and letters and everything that we've gotten about our podcast. We really do appreciate it. You can get this podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and there's even an app out there called Stitcher you can get it on. So it's all over the place, and we appreciate you taking the time to download it and listen to Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. We'll see you next time.